Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. This is Anthony the Bull Caruso and just when you thought football was over for another year, we're back. Yes, the English Premier League will be back in full swing in a couple of weeks and we can't wait for the season to get started again. Now... Considering how big this competition is, it is the biggest club football competition in the world, the richest in the world, the best players in the world. Sometimes you'll say the best referees in the world, but you know sometimes that can be a little bit debatable as well. But I can't do this alone. It is so big, I can't do this alone. So joining us is Triple H's chief football correspondent, the spicy Chorizio himself, Dom Rizzuto. Good evening to you. Good evening, Chris. A chief football correspondent for Triple H. If I've ever heard a non-title in my life, that that is one of them. But I'll I'll take it as it comes. Pleasure to be with you here. Talk all things football. Just like you said, mate. It was only a few weeks ago we were wrapping up the season uh, with our preview run uh, on Splinters, and only what three weeks later we're back here again for you know what's going to be another bumper ride in the English Premier League for 2020 and 2021. Um, plenty of teams to get through and plenty of news to break. So I'll let us get stuck right into it. Absolutely. We should mention as well, of course, you and I had a fairly nervy season. Um, we are not like the plastic Liverpool supporters that we've got throughout <laughs> the rest of the team. We support actual teams. Um, yours is probably a little bit more nervy than mine. But Some would say, yes. It. But we made it. Um, and and then we've got the other two members, of course, whose clubs are still wallowing in the championship, so we shall point and laugh at them for another day. But joining us tonight is our special guest, a mad football fan, an incredibly underrated footballing analyst. He's currently here from Uruguay as one of the, the junior development managers at Manly United, and he's a contributor on TotalFootballAnalysis.com. Uh, in particular, if you ever get the chance to, in of course, Dom, in the wake of Sydney FC's fifth championship, there's a superb piece he wrote on Steve Corica's very unique 4-2-2-2 formation. If you've ever, never heard of this, go check this out, this, this piece out, because it is fascinating to read, in particular. Gonzalo Naya, welcome to Splinters. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, really glad to be here. I'm a soccer fan. I'm from Uruguay. You know how is Uruguay? All is full about. And yeah, I've been analyzing the Premier League for a long time. And it's one of those leagues that, you know, is getting better. Each year is getting better. So glad to be here. Glad to have it back. And hopefully we will get good things from here. I, as, I, as you said, I do tactical analysis. So I will try to add my knowledge on that on that side of the game to this podcast. Now, quick question from you. Uh, as I said, we've, we've been talking about allegiances here. So, Dom, well-known Aston Villa supporter, and hence why he's, he was sort of had gnawed through his fingernails. But not only did he survive, they kept Jack Grealish. We'll get into that more a little bit later on. 
Oh, what are you look? What are you? What are you? What are you worried about there, Dom? <laughs> well, I mean everything, really. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Aston Villa fan. I worry yeah. about everything every day. Myself, myself being a Southampton supporter, um, you know, very sort of looking forward. You have to declare your allegiance, Gonzalo. Where is it? I, in your way, you know that in South America we are particular fan of our own teams, but. On this year, as Marcelo Bielsa is doing his way in the Premier League, I would have to say that I will support Leeds. Good man. Good man. There will be quite a few Australians now listening into this clip because you've declared your allegiance to Leeds. Who do you support in um, in Uruguay very quickly? Do you know Peñarol? Yes, we do. Yes, used we do. To, used to be famous like long time ago. Yeah. Well... No, it's absolutely fantastic to have you on board. So, considering how big this season is shaping up to be, we have split our review into two parts. uh, And we're doing it once again in alphabetical order. We'll go through the transfers, the strengths and the weaknesses uh, for the clubs and where we think they will will finish. And these will be then ripped and Dom probably used against us at the end of the year so that the wise man and the Lord Mayor can turn around and say how useless we probably are. Well, look, you know, it, it's a tough game being a being a fortune teller, um, especially in the in the Premier League. I think you can't go wrong with the picking the top four, but after that, it's uh, this season, as Gonzalo mentioned, is becoming more competitive year on year, despite obviously the the same team sort of being up there. But plenty of clubs now have the the talent to upset some of the bigger teams on any day, so it's a very tough gig to pick. Uh, we're going to give it a go. We're not usually too far off. We should have actually gone back and checked how bad we were last year. Uh, I don't think we did in the end. So let's keep a note of it this time so that come this time next year, we can uh, obviously go back and see how, how accurate we were, we were. Well, with that, the referee is blowing his whistle for the start of the game. Let's get straight into it. This is Splinters. And we're going to kick things off here straight away with Arsenal, the Gunners, this year now being managed by Mikel Arteta. Um, finished eighth last year, but Dom, they walked away with a trophy and it's no surprise which trophy they picked up again. Yeah, FA Cup winners um, in the end. Um, a decent finish to the season. You'd considering how awful the start was uh, under Unai Emery. Um, they go into this season... Uh, you know, full of confidence, obviously. They took out the Community Shield um, against Liverpool on penalties on uh, during the week, uh, uh, on the weekend, I should say. Um, they've got a, you know, they're looking to clean house, bringing some new players. They're bringing in, you know, guys like William to, you know, who have, you know, Champions League quality to try and take themselves to that next level and match the, the signs where they really consider themselves playing against. However, I've still got a lot of questions over this side defensively and where they can go next year. A lot will hinge on, I think, personally as well, whether or not club captain Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang stays and if he can keep scoring goals for them in 2020 and 2021. Well, indeed, Gonzalo, this is one of the big challenges that Arsenal's really got. They've, they've, they've got considered one of the one of the best attacking lineups already with not only Aubameyang, but also Alexander Lacazette. They've added Willian into the lineup, who is a very accomplished forward in his own right. But 
as soon as you start moving into the, to the defensive lineup, they are completely all at sea. And although they picked up Cedric Sodas from Southampton permanently, I don't think that's enough to fix up the defensive frailties that Arsenal currently has. Yeah, actually, no. I think that's why uh, Michael Arteta has chosen to do uh, to use a really defensive, compact uh, system. He used to even when we see that we saw the last final game. He used a lot of players defending. I think was that was some reason, or that was because uh, he didn't have the individual quality to defend. So he used a, a more defensive style. I don't think we're gonna see that uh, compactness, that really low block he used to play. So yeah, we think uh, the defense on the defensive side there is a lackness there in individuality that he should look on transfers or something like that. And considering who he's got at the moment, Gonzalo, he's got players who you would normally think he'd be able to get a bit of value for, especially the likes of Mesut Ozil, Socrates, David Luiz, um, Mustafi, and Grand um, Zaka. Who does he offload, and how much do you think he's going to need to get himself a d- decent defence? Yeah, what I think... Uh, Lots of criticizes have been on David Lewis. Lots of criticizes on, on the last games. But I think I still have a lot of potential. Still is ha- a guy that has been playing around for a while. So he th- I think he can count on him, his experience. And if you give Michael Arteta a little while to work on the team, he could actually uh, perform in a better way and get the defensive style that he wants to work on. Predictions, guys, for us, for Arsenal first off. My initial thought when I was looking at this team, I, I don't think they're going to improve much further. I, I'm calling seventh. Dom? Yeah, I'm going to go with the same position as last year for them uh, and in eighth. For me, for mine, as well as defensive frailties, they're still lacking a, a, a really key playmaker. You saw the, the wonders that Bruno Fernandes has done for United coming in and being that, that actual number 10 for the club. They haven't been able to replace Mesut Ozil since he's gone off the, the rails in recent times and it doesn't look like he's a part of their future um, moving forward. So they still need someone there, I think, personally to kind of pull the strings. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing William Saliba at the back next year if he gets a run in particular in that defence. He's got a big wraps on him. But I'm sticking with eighth at the moment, but we've still obviously got a few weeks left of the transfer window and I imagine that Mikel Arteta will aim to, you know, clear house a little bit more and bring in some quality that he knows will fit into his system. Gonzalo. I agree with you. I will go with the seventh position. I think William will lift a little bit the offensive style of this team. But as you said before, the defensive uh, style is not giving a, a good outcome. So they won't fight on the first position. So, yeah, seventh position for me. Let's go to the next team. Aston Villa managed again by Dean Smith. Uh, they finished 17th. Dom, they scraped themselves over the line. It was a, it was actually a very strong finish for the for the villains last year. Um, they've cleared a couple of the sort of more dead weight players, but from what from what I understand, for all intents and purposes, everyone's moved on effectively free transfers. So you're going to see pretty much the same lineup that you had last year. Will they be better for the run or do you think they will struggle and be part of that relegation battle again? 
I don't think Villa. You know, I mean, they were saved really by the by the. They were the one one of the teams that can say that the the COVID nineteen um, suspension actually probably benefited them. That it got them, it gave them the time to to reset and work on what was an, the worst defence in the competition. And in the back half, when they came back from suspension they were one of the better defensive teams they picked up a couple of clean sheets which they they couldn't buy at the start of the year um and it obviously gave jack Grealish uh, a bit of a rest obviously he'd been carrying the team throughout the entire season glad john mcginn to come back who made a world of difference in that midfield um and took pressure off douglas louise he had a great end to season but there's still big question marks over whether jack Grealish is going to be staying at the club and they really, we really need a striker. Wesley didn't hit the the heights that uh, they probably hoped for, and then when he got injured, um, we brought in Mwana Samata, who I think scored one goal. I think that was it in in ten matches or something like that. Really, not a great strike rate. So they really need to bring in someone who's going to take a bit of the pressure off Jack Grealish in that midfield if he does stay, and then maybe a, a, a maybe another left back. I think. Matty Target, whilst he had an okay season, still defensively is very subject there, and it doesn't give uh, Tyrone Mings a lot of help. But, you know, this side, I think, will be better for the experience in the Premier League. They stayed up. They did the job that they set out to do. Um, there's you know a couple of hardworking players in that side, like John McGinn and Jack Grealish and, and Tom Heaton in goals, and he'll be back between the sticks, will be huge for Villa. But yeah, they will be battling that relegation position again if they don't look to bring in some improved quality in some key areas on the pitch. Now, Gonzalo, the one of the unsung heroes for Aston Villa last year, he got on the score sheet a couple of times, crucial goals, but he started to really settle into his time in the Premier League was was Trezeguet. Um, and following Egypt's fairly solid performance at recent international events. Could he be the person that actually takes some of the pressure off Grealish in the middle of the park? Yeah, I think it's a good company that Grealish could could rely on. I think uh, this team is one team that relies a lot of counter-attacks and Tresa gets fits really good for this, this kind of play. Uh, I still think this team needs to improve much better. The in-possession game needs to uh, create much more chances and not only rely on those only activities on the counter-attacks and on the imaginity and creativity of Grealish. So I think that's a factor they should work on. Predictions for both for both um, gentlemen. Dom, start off with you. I know you'd love to see them <laughs> get get it right up there, but you know, let's let's take that villain's hat off for a moment. Yeah, look, I'm going to be uh, realistic. I'm going to go. They're going to go one better this year, and I'm going to go with 16th. 16th, Gonzalo. I don't think they will make it on this season. I will put on relegation position and I will put it on the 18th position. That's okay, Gonzalo. You're not coming back next time. <laughs> Sorry. For what, Sorry worth, for what it's worth, I for what it's worth, I think they'll be better for the run. I'm, but I'm only calling 15th. They will be part of that relegation fight. I think this year. We then go to Brighton and Hove Albion, who finished last 15th last year under Graham Potter, who actually, you have to say, in the second half of the year, again, did a pretty excellent job with this with this lineup. But 
the big news that came through from the transfer market was two of their big players are no longer going to be with them this year. Firstly, Gonzalo, Anthony Knockart is off to Fulham. And then a, only a matter of days ago, Aaron Moy is off to Shanghai SIPG. How much will that hurt the Seagulls? Yeah, I think that will be a huge loss. Yeah, for on, on both on both players, they are losing a lot of things, a lot of playing, and this is a team that is uh, that needs those kind of players. Aaron Moy has helped a lot to in both in defending, in attacking, and this team has not not much uh, left to to improve. Alex McAllister has done a great great uh, season I think was his first season here in in Brighton but I think they will need to rep- uh, to get two more players in those in those players that are transferring out Dom and I mean Anthony Knockout he, this is a player with plenty of Premier League experience and that's a big loss for Brighton yeah look I wouldn't say too much he barely got a hit looking last year um he, he played championship football for Fulham last year and he pulled them back up. Um, obviously, he, he, he's been one of those players that hasn't really been able to give him the opportunity, I think, at a Premier League level. I think he's always been kind of looked at as he kind of had a bit of a falling out with Brighton when he came across. Um, but they bring in someone who I think is arguably England's most uh, talented number 10 in the last 10 years, but unfortunately he's kind of been crippled by injuries. They bring in Adam Lalana, who I think will really bring a nice bit of steel to this side in terms of a bit of creativity, a bit of composure, which they probably lacked in late games uh, this season for for most of the year. There's still question marks over their, their defence and ageing uh, Lewis, uh, Lewis Dunk and Shane Duffy. I don't know how long, and Dale Stevens, how long those guys can keep sort of pottering along and keeping them in the Premier League. But they do have some, you know, some real talent uh, outside of that as well. Obviously, Neil Morpay had a really strong season last year, and the, um, you know, Pascal Grobe is a strong, strong player. But you know, if you play him in the field, and you know, they've got Matt Ryan at the back who has grown from strength to strength in the Premier League in the last, you know, four or five years that he's been there now. Obviously, Aaron Moy will be a bit of a loss uh, if I'm on more of a defensive side of things, but they've still got some some quality in here um, to compete with the best, but. I would be interested to see where they look to bring in elsewhere, especially in defence, to potentially cover for this ageing backline that they have. I've gone with 14th for them this year. Gonzalo, yourself? I will put it on the, on the fight of relegation on the 15th position. 15th position, Dom? I agree with Gonzalo Caruso, 15th. Me, same as last year. Yep. We then move on to... Burnley, we then move on to Burnley and, you know, what Sean Dyche keeps doing with this team, Gonzalo, is just absolutely incredible. Uh, in terms of play down at Turf Moor, it's a very physical, ugly kind of play, but they keep getting results. They've turned Turf Moor into a fortress and it has to be said, it looks like this year it could be more of the same. Yeah, as you said, it's one of is this one of the teams that I, I've been analyzing this this last season, and I love what Sean Ditch does. Uh, she, he knows his limitations, he knows his players, and he uses a really compact and defensive low block that really really works. Have a logical cohesion, 
They know what to do. They defend well and they counterattack with great speed. I think they they did they did good and they still have something to go to give on the, on the next season. Dom, this is a team that um, have managed to keep largely the same lineup. The only big announcement that they had was they let go Joe Hart. Uh, and just a very quickly on that one there, how the mighty have fallen in terms of his career. Well, he got picked up by Spurs, didn't he? And I'm sure we'll pick a little bit more up from you know from that uh, when we get into the the second part of this the the of the podcast uh, maybe next week. Um, Joe Hart. This side though, yeah, they it really defies Premier League law, doesn't it? Really, never invests. Um, has some real just hard-assed, old-school kind of football players in this team, which just makes them ugly to play, and they just get the job done. And they can. Chris Wood last year was 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 great up front. He scored 13, 14 goals last season. You know, got Ashley Barnes there, who's really good. Dwight McNeil is a, is a talent as well, and they've got that backline of James Tarkovsky, Ben Mee. Matthew Lowden and Nick Pope in goals, who's been really good. And forget, don't forget, you've got Jay Rodriguez uh, coming in and off the bench as well, if he can stay fit. And obviously the news in, from straight from the horse's mouth as well, Sean Dyche, full and well in for, you know, world's best Lionel Messi uh, as, uh, with his contract uh, up in smoke at Barcelona. Sean Dyche uh, said in a press conference the other day that he was that he's definitely in the market for a player of his quality. So we'll see. <laughs> see, if, <laughs> see if Burnley how, how would how walk out the funds. <laughs> Gonzalo, how do you think Lionel Messi would fit in on the south side of Greater of Greater Lancashire at a club like Burnley? Everything could happen in football, you know. I think Messi is a player that could play in any play in any team. But actually, this kind of football, <laughs> I don't think would be the best for him. Bit of long, long ball FC. We know that he loves to defend. He loves that he loves to he loves to chase and, and harass Messi. It's it's definitely his style. <laughs> Dom, your Dom, your prediction. Um, I'm going with a, a solid tenth for Burnley this year. Solid tenth, Gonzalo. I agree with you. They will stay on the ninth a little bit better than last year. And I've actually gone with ninth place as well, so we're staying pretty close to each other so far. We're going to go to um, we're going to get to team number five before we take our first break, and one of the one of the first big ones in alphabetical order. It is the Blues of Chelsea, managed by Frank Lampard for the second time. Last year, they finished fourth. They are in the Champions League for next year through the qualifying rounds. And Gonzalo, it has to be said that considering everything that was put up against Chelsea last year, Frank Lampard did a pretty excellent job with this squad. Totally agree. Totally agree. I think was really good what he did, considering the band transfer that they, they account with, that they couldn't end, uh, end up getting any, any transfer. And they end up with the final of the FA Cup, entering into, into the European qualifications, and with our, I think a really good or really good uh, Champions League, being uh, losing against Bayern Munich by with a much better result if we compare it with Barcelona. I think he did really good things. We we start seeing really good tactical uh, plays with using the fullbacks, using the number nine, 
I think they're really good and the transfer that they did, the vice that they did, is going to make a huge improvement in that team. Well, Dom, I mean, there has been, now that he's now that he's able to open the uh, Roman Abramovich's checkbook, uh, he has gone to the market, but it has to be said, it's not like the Chelsea of old. They've actually been quite um, balanced in the way that they've done their transfers this year. Yeah, it hasn't been. I suppose in this day and age, it doesn't look too astronomical considering... Um, some of the fees that we see get paid for players this year. Um, but their business in the transfer market this year has been, uh, it's been like watching a, a FIFA career mode. Uh, they bought in five, six players and not just five, four, so it can be four or five players of like, of any kind, top quality players. You know, they started off when they bought in Hakim Zayic from Ajax um, in the middle of last year um, before halfway through the year so that he would play for, um, come and play with them for 2021 followed by Timo Werner, who's had a, you know, a barnstorming season again for, for Red Bull Leipzig in Germany and is, you know, is, is the leading uh, number nine for the German national team. Brought in Ben Chilwell from Leicester uh, to play left back um, to shore up that leaky defence and then to, to sort of cap it all off. And they're bringing, they bring in Thiago Silva on a free transfer from PSG, which will, will definitely give a lot of experience to what is definitely their most frail point of the of the side at the back and they're still you know looking to do more work they're still after um see Kai Havertz from Bayer Leverkusen they're still after a goalkeeper to replace Kepa Arazibilaga um you know at in between the sticks so plenty of plenty of of uh, sort of movement happening at Chelsea if I was a Blues fan I'd be I'd be very excited about the seasons uh, to come for sure uh, I don't I don't get how they got Thiago Silva on a free transfer how did PSG let that one slip honestly yeah he's a bit he's, it's it's a funny one isn't it he he when he was the world's best back in 2014 and then he got injured and didn't play that semi-final against um, Germany in the in the World Cup he came back and wasn't really that same player after the injury, but and probably lost his spot to uh, a couple of guys, younger guys at uh, PSG, including his his countryman uh, Marquinhos, and then Kimba Benke, uh, the young French centre back at PSG, who's obviously got big numbers on him. Um, but he's had a bit of renaissance in the last uh, year or so over in France, and has come back and had been performing really strongly. Obviously, almost took the the, the French champions to a Champions League title. Only to be beaten by a, uh, one goal in the end up against Bayern Munich, who will arguably be the best team in the world for you know since the start of January. So, you know they picked up a really really good signing here. And PSG, you know, considering the the numbers that uh, they pay their players and pay for players, I was surprised they didn't give him another year. But um, no, nope, he's off for the Premier League. Unfortunately for me, I think a couple of years too late. But I think we'll get one good season out of him. Uh, in a Chelsea shirt, and it'll be great for the for the Premier League, not just uh, if he plays well, but you know, just great for marketing purposes. I'm being really harsh with my prediction this year. I'm going that they will remain in fourth place, but I think the gap, more importantly, the gap between them and the top two is going to be a lot closer. Gonzalo, your prediction? I will play strong on this one. I really believe in this team. I believe in Frankie Lampard, and I think, as you said before, they have do they have do a balanced transfer. And they will go champions. You're calling them for champions. I'm calling them for champions. Huge. There I love we it. Go. I, I love playing it. strong. I'm playing great. strong. 
That's Just a brave call. Right, I like it though. <laughs> That's I, I like it's a it's a bold call, but I like that, Dom. Yeah, look, I'm in I'm in two boats here. I wanted to go with the bold call too, but I've been out bolded, so I don't want to go too bold now because it won't <laughs> be nearly as bold. And I don't think they're going to come. I don't think they're first. I agree in parts with you, Caruso, that. The, the I don't think they can still knock over the likes of City and Liverpool, um, but they can definitely knock over United. So, and I think the gap will close, but I still think the gap is in the first season with this team is too hard to close, considering how strong Liverpool were last year. So I'm going to go with third this year for Chelsea. That's a Strong prediction as well. So, gentlemen, we're going to go to our our break. When we come back, we'll be continuing on. This is the EPL preview on Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. We're up to part uh, the second half of our part one of our EPL preview. So I guess what do you call it, Dom? Would you say that's the um, second quarter of it, isn't it? Oh, let's. Let, this is football crew, so let's quarters. Let, we're not talking quarters. Half. We don't do things like the Americans one. do or the AFL does. We do things in halves. Second, we're just having. Well, you know what we're doing. We were doing a COVID. We we're doing a COVID football break where they have a glass of water every twenty minutes. Like they did. Well, no, you know what it is. You know what it is. You know what it is. It, it's 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 the second half of leg one. There you go. Second half of leg one. Second half of leg one. There we go. That's the way to do it. So, and by the way, Gonzalo, there are no away goals this time. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. So we're gonna we're gonna crack on with our next five teams. The next one up is well, they 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 were called Dad's Army last year, and mm. I don't think there's much to really change that view. They're managed by Roy Hodgson. They finished 14. The dad of Dom, dads himself. The dad of dads himself. Dad, the, the general of Dad's Army. It is Crystal Palace, Dom. Yeah. Um, look, i got to take my hat off. I think at the start of last year, I said that they'd get relegated, and they ended up sort of comfortably surviving in 14th. Uh, they managed to hold on to Wilfred Sahar, who I thought was going to be the big difference for them um, during the season. He barely played, really. He didn't wasn't as electric as he had been in seasons before, and they relied on guys like Jordan Ayew to score some great goals. And But they've got to still, you know, that under Roy Hodgson, I don't know what it is. He just knows how to keep teams in the Premier League. Some coaches, like Sean Dyche, Roy Hodgson, they just know how to do it. And he just gets a team playing. They, look, they're not an attractive team to watch but they get the job done. And, I mean, at the end of the day, would you rather see your team play in the Premier League or play in the Championship? You know, it's one of those things. Yeah, well, I can tell you why Wilfred Zaha didn't do that well. It's because he was stuck in James Ward-Prowse's pocket for the entire season. So that's why he didn't really go anywhere. Don't, don't give me that smirk. You know it's true, all right? Well, the one game that he played. <laughs> um, Gonzalo, this is a team that clearly needs renewal. And Crystal Palace's entire transfer has strategy has been around picking up quite like older players who've got a lot of experience but this is starting to turn into a very slow team um 
a lot is said about Wilfred Zaha staying on. Will he stay? Won't he stay? How much money can they get for him as well? But it has to be said, some of the other experienced players in this lineup, the likes of Patrick Van Anholt, uh, Luka Miljovic, uh, Christian Benteke, um, and Connor Wickham, it's just they're not getting up to scratch with this competition. And you just wonder, is this a team that can transfer their way out of this or are they going to have to take a hit and get relegated? Yeah, I think from, from last season, Roy Hudson ended up getting much more than what, what he actually has in the team. Uh, as as we said before, I think he got the job done and I I really don't know how he did it <laughs> because uh, we don't see much quality in the team. We don't see much cohesion, but they know what they do. They defended and... What it worked was Jordan Ayu and Saha cohesion and combination play that they get some goals, but they will need much more for next season. If not, I, I think they will end up in the relegation. I've called 17th. I've called them on the bubble, Dom. Yeah, they, I have to agree around 17th, the two crews. They did have, um, however, bring in um, Eberichi Etsy from QPR this season, young um, sort of number 10 attacking midfielder, real kind of skillful talent. He might add some spark to that attack that they're probably lacking. They've probably lacked, I should say, for a number of seasons. You might free up Sahar and Ayu a little bit more as well. I watched him in a preseason friendly. He looked very lively, very hard to to keep a hold of it when, you know, inside the attacking third. They scored a really good counter-attacking goal, yes, albeit against some Div 3 side, but... You know, goals are goal at the end of the day, and he might breathe some new life into that Crystal Palace team that we spoke about, which has become a bit stale. However, will he perform at the Premier League level consistently enough to keep Palace alive? I'm not too sure. So, yeah, I don't think I get oh, – you know what? No, I am. I'm saying it. They're getting relegated. They come 18th. They come 18th. Gonzalo? I would put it – 19th, just just below Dom's tips. Just below Villa. <laughs> Let's go to the next team. And uh, if you ever want a situation of how did someone end up in a club like this, I mean, we've seen it <laughs> once before when Rafa Benitez ended up coaching Newcastle United. We've got it again. They finished 12th last year. They're being managed of all people by Carlo Ancelotti. We are talking Everton. Yeah, they've a um, bit of an anomaly, Everton. They were bought by new owners quite some time ago, you know, and their aims and and visions of building a new stadium, which I'm pretty sure they move into uh, yeah, next season, not this season, but the one yep. afterwards. And the uh, rumour is that Liverpool moves to Goodison Park, which would just be <laughs> like, again... Well, they, they would realistically probably do that because Liverpool obviously are trying to upgrade Anfield to from a 40,000-seater stadium to around a 60,000-seater stadium. So... There is that possibility. I don't think that's too so. That's so far fetched to even speak about it. Um, that the Everton haven't really sort of progressed. They brought in guys like Richarlison, who made a little bit of a difference, you know. But then you got guys like you remember Jared Delafay, who went through, never really made it to any heights. Yannick Balassi never really did anything, and I think he's now retired. Mosse Keane is young, young Italian striker, um, hasn't really probably settled into life in England like they'd hoped. Gilfie Sigurdsson has unfortunately become too old and 
they've never really had good, I think, return on investment out of Alex Awobi and Theo Walcott. So they've got Carlo Ancelotti has inherited a pretty mixed bunch of players, and you've seen that they they have gone to the market. They, you know, that I'm pretty sure they've. It's not. I'm not sure if it's been made official, but it's very close. They're looking to bring Alan in from Napoli, the the sort of holding midfielder player um, for around 30 million pounds or something like that. They think they've got James Rodriguez in their sights as well. Bit more creativity in that number 10 role. I don't know what it, but I don't know what it is that they they need. I feel like Everton is such a historic club. They need a historic player. They need that cult figure. You know, they've had guys like Darren Ferguson play with them before, and a hard-nosed thug, essentially, but was a cult figure who bled for the jersey. Then you had Wayne Rooney for a couple of years. You know, they got really behind him. And then, of course, Aussie Tim Cahill for a number of seasons, a real cult figure who lifts the team. I feel like it's kind of lost, a bit like West Ham, they've kind of lost their soul. In the in the in the build up to becoming a more let's say worldwide entity, other than just a local scouser club that you know has been around since you know the 1800s. And and really, it's been an interesting one here, Gonzalo, because Ancelotti has not only gone to the market to try and find players, but he's also taken a lot of the deadwood out as well. And there's some decent names that have been dumped out of here, including the likes of Schneiderlin, Stecklenberg, Leighton Baines retiring, and Nathan Makello um, out on loan. What do you think Ancelotti's trying to do from a strategic point with this team? Well, first of all, we have to think, we have to start think, saying that we are talking about one of the best coaches of 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 these new ages a lot of champions a lot of premier leagues champions in any places so there must be a important reason in why carlo is taking this kind of of decisions i think he did some improvements when he took the team we have to give some beliefs that uh, it's not easy to take in a, a team from the season on and i don't know why but i think he can do a really good job with this uh, with this team on the next season, only believing because on his quality as coach, and I think on this team he is the figure, and he could he could be the coach that could take uh, could uh, improve the quality of the whole team. And that's that's sort of something that maybe Everton's trying to bank on is that an ability to make a good player great. Um, so. It'll be a challenge. It'll be it certainly will be a challenge. They finished twelfth last year. I've predicted they're not going to go anywhere. They're going to remain twelfth. Gonzalo, what do you think? I will. I believe in in just in the coach, and I will give it a tenth position. So you think they're going to they're going to improve in to tenth pro. place? Just giving a, giving a season to him is will be. Will I'm be going good. in between. I'm going eleventh because I don't think they're better than Burnley. That's fair. That's fair. We then go to one of the teams that has been uh, recently promoted. And, Gonzalo, we are going to be talking about Fulham. They finished fourth last year in the AFL Championship. They got promoted via the the playoffs. Um, they've already announced uh, that they've picked up Anthony Knockart uh, for an undisclosed amount. Uh, where do we see this Where do we see this team going? Because the last time they came in, they'd 
no problem scoring goals. And certainly it's the same. It's almost the same lineup that they had the last from two years ago when they were in the Premier League. There's no problem scoring goals, but their defense was absolutely horrible last time around. Yeah, and that's that's a major problem for the Premier League. I think, uh, as you see, as we have talked already, we we can see teams that don't play anything, but they know how to keep the how not to concede any goal, and that's. That's a thing Fulham has not improved and has not worked on it. And in the Premier League, you can't allow those kind of things to, to be given on the games. It will be a really, really ironic and funny thing if uh, Fulham come into this year's uh, Premier League, don't buy anybody at all and get relegated again. That would be really funny in my eyes after only two years ago coming in spending over £100 million and then getting relegated and don the t- or con the term doing a Fulham in the Premier League, which Aston Villa almost uh, famously pulled last season. It'd be quite interesting to see how they approach it this time around, whether they'll come in and, and bring out the checkbook the, you know, to sign some quality players to help them you know, settle back into life in the Premier League because it's not a tough – it's a tough task to come up and stay up. It really isn't very easy. Um, the fact that we had two last year was, was quite incredible um, in Sheffield United and Aston Villa. Fulham come up this year, the weaker of the two signs that got promoted automatically. Um, they did it again via the playoffs. They do have some top quality in this side. Alexander Mitrovic has been a has been touted to be a very strong player for a very long time. Didn't kick didn't kick off his uh, career in the Premier League all too well in that first season, but stuck. Stood around for another year in England and is, you know, find himself with a second chance here. Be well, interesting he, to see he how he goes. He kicked twenty odd goals last year again. Exactly right. We welcome back talent Stefan Sessegnon, who had big raps on him four or five years ago. Big raps, and they, they never, no one managed to pry him away from Fulham. And he comes back into the into the Premier League. He'll obviously offer them a lot of quality. Josh Onamar is a, is a is a young man who again is, I think, quite a talented midfielder who hasn't had much of a, a, a run in the Premier League. Um, so they've got some some class there. But again, like Gonzalo said, you look at their their defence and you're like, who? You know, like, you know, like who are these guys? Like, uh, these aren't household names that you think are going to get you through uh, and win you, uh, win you any kind of matches in the Premier League. But... That being said, Sheffield United had a, had a similar setup um, last year and did very well. So time will tell. But they've got some they've got some signings to make before I think we can really pass full judgment on how they're going to do this season. And the other thing that should be pointed out, Gonzalo, is their manager Scott Parker. He he played. He was a long time player down at um, down at Craven Cottage. He's going to be the youngest manager in the Premier League this year. He's only thirty nine. So do you think he can make the transition from championship manager to Premier League manager? On on that on that case, I don't think the age is a problem. Now we we're seeing in Nagasman, we see a lot of young young coach taking taking higher position, taking head coach position. But again, I think uh, I don't see much in this team, either individually, either in the collectively. So I, I don't think this team will get much more and will will be a short period in the in the Premier League. I'm calling 18th. I'm calling them one of my teams to get relegated. Gonzalo, yourself? 
This is my third team relegated. This is will be on the 20th position. So they're going to come stone motherless last. Dom? I've got 19th, Caruso. 19th. So all three of us are in agreement. We think they're going to get relegated. You know that it's only going to mean one thing. It means they're going to be staying up. <laughs> so, you know, that's the only way it ever seems to work. We then move on to the second team to get promoted this time around, and it will be the team that won the AFL Championship last year, managed by Marcella Bielsa, Leeds United, Dom, about a third of all Australians who follow football are celebrating that Leeds United are back in the Premier League. I would have said, I would have said, you know, probably the second most popular team in the country after Liverpool, Leeds, and if you'd uh, watched any Optus Sports content, you'd probably figure that out. So, I mean, plenty of talent in this squad that they're bringing up. It's amazing that that uh, Bisla has stayed around for for so long and having missed those two playoff finals matches on both you know like in back to back seasons when they bottled it um they finally went up this time around managed to get the job done um they've got some some real quality in this team um they brought in Rodrigo from Valencia um over the course of last week which will be an interesting signing to see how he goes imagine they've still got some work to do but they play some great football they're finally back up it's going to be great for the Premier League to have them back in the in the competition as well. That being um, said, I still don't know how this side is going to go against Premier League opposition. Now, Gonzalo, uh, Bizla has really worked wonders with this team. They've given them a little bit of steel, but there's that little bit of Latin American spark about them, which is very unusual for a team from Leeds United. This is a team that we know used to be very hardworking, used to be very fit, and during the time when they well, were... Well, Michael Tuka played for them, so I wouldn't say they were that fit. <laughs> uh, well... Here's the thing, though. Mark Viduka didn't need to be particular, that particularly fit when you had guys like Kuehl and Ocon running all around in midfield. So <laughs> he was really the point man. And really, if you're a guy who can score four goals against Liverpool in one match, you must be doing something right. So, But, Gonzalo, they're, they're playing with a, a style very, very typical of a Latin American team, which is unusual, I guess, for an English team. And we only see that that Latin spirit and a couple of other teams, which we'll get to in the second half. But what does it take for someone who's not used to that style of play to really start to get used to playing that sort of very free flowing spirited style of football? Yeah, for sure. It takes a lot, but it takes a lot of work. And I think uh, Bielsa, El Loco, as they call them, is what he does. He gets into a team, he works hard and he, makes it until all the team knows what they are doing. If you if you see a game of, of Leeds, you will see that all the team knows what they are doing in all the situations, in all the plays. So I think this second year we have seen the best of this team and the progression of this team. I think they have a coach that should be one of the best ones of the of the world and that would make a huge difference in the in the Premier League. We should make a comparison as well with with the other the other Latin I guess you could say Latin manager in the in this competition um, in Nuno and Espirito Santo uh, and the work he's done at Wolverhampton. We'll go to that a little bit later on, but both of them in a way display fairly similar 
styles of management and styles of play that they expect out of their players. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I want those of kind of coaches that get the best, I think, for the from the players. If you see the players, if you see when a lead uh, player lose a ball, you will see all the players running uh, running out trying to win that ball. And I think he, those kind of coach, uh, improve the players to a different level. So predictions for this one. I think Leeds is staying up. I'm calling them 13th, and I think they'll stay up quite comfortably, Dom. I actually think they're going to struggle a little bit. I think they're going to finish 17th just inside. Oof. Gonzalo, I'm I here. Think you're, you're feeling <laughs> bullish. I can see this. You're feeling bullish about this. Yeah, totally, totally. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I will go hard again on this, and I will say that Leeds would qualify to the European League and will stay sixth. Oof. Wow, that's good. I like that. I like that we've got two. This is the first uh, huge difference between predictions. This is good. This is good. This is maybe good. I'm a bit. I'm a bit subjective about about the coach. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go to a team that everyone, um, even though it's been five years since the miracle, we still look over this team and, and think, you know, everyone loves seeing this team do well they're managed by brendan rogers they could have finished as high as third last year they ended up finishing fifth they're four they could have won it last year could have they could have they (laughs) could have absolutely won it last year again they finished they still finished a very respectable fifth place covid probably came at the worst possible time it is the foxes it's leicester city and dom i can still see this team causing all sorts of trouble yeah, I think they just need to keep this side together. Um, and they need a foil for James Madison It's uh, in the 10. He, at the start of the year, was arguably the informed midfielder. He was definitely the best English player um, it, uh, on the in the Premier League for that, that first half of the year last year. Um, and then just fell off the bandwagon, just did not recapture that form whatsoever and their form subsequently dropped when his did. They lost the the threat of Jamie Vardy because of that, because then he was having to carry the team and the goals, uh, which was a real shame because they had an amazing season last year, Leicester. It was arguably probably more impressive, you could even say, than the league that they won back in 2016 because of the some of the players that they you know that you know that they're, they're missing from that team. So they've got a lot of work to do, I think, in the transfer market. They need to bring in again, I think, someone obviously to replace Jamie Vardy. They need someone to allow James Madison to take a bit of a pressure off him in the midfield. They've got some good young talent in there, but it's their depth that really killed them in the end. Um, where the big sides, I think, rolled through in the back half of the season, you know, when the likes of teams like Manchester City and Manchester United, you know, for Manchester United, for example, can bring, you know, Bruno Fernandes off and bring Paul Pogba on, whereas, you know, Leicester take off James Madison and they bring on Mark Albright. You know, there's <laughs> there's a bit of a, a golf in quality there that they probably struggled, they probably struggle with. But 
Brendan Rodgers is a very astute manager. I'm sure he has some eyes on some players to, to bolster his squad, but he's got some real good team um, young guys in this squad as well. Obviously, the loss of Ben Chilwell is a bit disappointing for them at left back, so they're going to need to find a, a ready replacement for him. Um, but again, they know how to win a Premier League title. So, so I imagine that they'll be right up there again this, uh, in the new season. Now, two things, Gonzalo, that they do have uh, in their favour at the moment. Brendan Rodgers, rightfully stated by Dom, an astute manager. Um, the entire picture of that Ben Chilwell transfer could be very beneficial because they did get slight overs on him, earning £45 million for a sale. and means that Rodgers really couldn't can go to the market now and go find what he needs and get you know three, four solid players to, to fill that gap. Um, it has to be said, though, they do have some players that are fairly long in the tooth. They still have about five, six players that were still around when they won the premiership. So when does Brendan Rodgers pull that trigger to say, we need to start this squad again? No, I I actually think I, I agree with, with Tom that uh, they need a replacement from Jamie Bardi. That would be the, the, the main thing, and they could... Actually, they could spend not all not all the 45 millions, but some to get a, a really good figure on that position, because they have good players as Chen Madison and also one of the more underrated midfielders is Ndidi. I think he's a great player and he's he suits really good for for Brandon uh, play style. And yeah, they lose one of the biggest weapon or the most dangerous weapon they have on the on the week on the on the left side, that is Ben Chilwell that creates a lot of plays. But I think what they should go is for a, an attacking attacking figure. So wh- where do we where do we see this team? Do, do, are they going to retain themselves? How do they go as well with Europe? Because we know Gonzalo last time that they competed in Europe uh, was the year that they were in the Champions League. After they won the Premiership, they really struggled in the Premiership. But we know that in the Champions League. They were five minutes away from a Champions League semi-final. Five minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. We all remember that. Uh, but it's not easy to to compete in two competitions, and even more when we are talking about the Premier League. And there are many teams uh, getting stronger, so I think they will this year. They will struggle a little bit. And you're where are you predicting? Because I'm going to go with sixth place. I would put them eighth. Eighth, Dom. Yeah, I have to uh, totally agree with Gonzalo. <laughs> Teams are stronger again this year. It'll be very interesting to see whether or not the likes of Arsenal, Spurs, Wolves will really step it up this year, especially, obviously, the two North London clubs, and whether or not that will deter at Leicester's chances of competing. They're still a great squad, but like I said, the lack of quality in their depth players is concerning for me at the moment, and it has me thinking that they're going to drop a few positions somewhere to around about ninth, I reckon. Ninth is what I'd settle on. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, right on the whistle, that is full time for the first leg of the EPL preview. I want to thank our guest Gonzalo Naya, who has been 
very kind to offer his time at such short notice. Thank you for coming on. We may have to get you back on again in some time in the near future. Uh, and good luck with Manly United for the rest of the season. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for the invitation. I really enjoyed it. I love about, about talking about football. So whenever you want, just give me a call. Absolutely. Dom, pleasure as always. Caruso, thank you very much, Gonzalo. Great to have you on the show with us uh, tonight. I'm looking forward to uh, getting stuck into part two and then having a review of what the splinters ladder looks like come week one of the season. Absolutely. That is full time here on Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H FM 100.1, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au, available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. On behalf of Dom Rizzuto, on behalf of Gonzalo Naya, my name is Anthony Caruso. Run hard or run home. Good night. Good night.